Welcome to Your Mark on the World, bringing you another changemaker with champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Mark on the World show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. I'm a Forbes contributor covering social entrepreneurship and impact investing, and today's guests are Anna Stork and Andrea Shrestha, who are the founders of the Luminade and uh, winners, if you will, of uh, some uh, great experience and some invested capital from the Shark Tank. So we're excited to hear their stories uh, of their experiences in, in this business. But great social entrepreneurs, Andrea and Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for tuning in and for having us. We're really excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you. So we, we better start with your experience on on Shark Tank. I, I watched that episode. Uh, it's available on your website for people to go watch, and it really is fun to, to watch that. Uh, but, but tell us about that. What was it like uh, off camera? What was it like after the show negotiating with Mark Cuban? Give us the whole quick download. So we filmed just about for just about an hour. So they edit that, you know, they edit every second down to you know, the eight or 10 minutes that you see. And, you know, actually, it was actually a lot of fun. We practiced a lot. So we, we were fans of the show. So we watched all, you know, all sorts of episodes before and tried to prepare ourselves for, you know, all sorts of questions that could like, come, come at us from out of left field. But what they edited it down to was kind of very representative of what happened. I'd say even though they can, you know, couldn't show the whole thing. And the one thing we've been saying that we didn't practice for was getting five offers. <laughs> so that's where, I mean, juggling those five offers is where probably, I mean, we did negotiate with uh, certain of the sharks. And the one thing that we thought we were going to do beforehand was to step out and talk to each other about, you know, who we wanted to, to pick. And the sharks can say whatever they want. So at that moment, one of them just said, I wouldn't leave if I were you. And so then we kind of just looked at each other, very similar to like this, <laughs> exchanged some quick thoughts and then picked Mark Cuban. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, Mark seems to be a great guy. The people I've talked to that have invested in him seem thrilled with that relationship. How have you enjoyed it? We really liked it. Uh, we're, I mean, I think Mark is a great partner for us. He really saw the vision for the technology. Like, what else could we design that was solar inflatable that could have an impact on disaster relief aid? He was really interested in us pursuing that channel and developing our technology. So, so far, he's been a great partner, and we really couldn't have asked for a better first investor. So it's interesting to me that he seemed to want to stay focused on the mission side of your business as uh, seeing that both as an opportunity and as a way to do some good in the world. Am I understanding you correctly? Yeah, I think that's kind of exactly how we felt about it. You know, when we were filming and making the decision with which shark to go in and yeah, I think so far he does seem very even almost like intellectually curious with the other markets that we deal with. On Shark Tank, there's a lot of products that you see. You know, the end goal is like to get into Target or Walmart. Um, obviously, our product is a little bit different, although we still are working on targeting retail retail outlets um, that makes sense for it. And so I think we definitely like that he had a curiosity about that other side of things. 
And I mean, I think he's also kind of got a lot of interest in, he's had a couple other investments on the show, or at least like talk to people about um, things that happen elsewhere in the world. So I think of the shark panel, he's definitely been interested in investments like ours before. That's great. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. Give us a little more background. I think you're both still in school. Is that right? So we met at gra- in graduate school for architecture at Columbia University. So we started developing it and designing it in 2010, right after the Haiti earthquake. We were both in a semester together, and we focused the entire semester on designing this solar inflatable light. Um, and then we graduated. We did an independent study the following year, kind of continuing to design it and think through it. And then we graduated in 2011. So Andrea went to business school <laughs> shortly after that. So she's kind of still studying a little bit. <laughs> I'm still a student, but not a very good one. Yeah. So um, at some point I'll be finishing business school. I go to the University of Chicago Blue School of Business. Okay. Very good. Well, uh, you are remarkable uh, young women. Of course, uh, you know, at 26 or whatever you are, you probably don't feel as young as you once did. But uh, to an old man like me, you're remarkable young women. And uh, it's exciting to see what you're doing. Uh, tell us a little bit about the history of Luminate. How did this product come to be? What is the product? How is it used? Sure. So I'll show it to you a little bit. So this is Luminate. It's a solar powered inflatable lantern. So it packs up like this. There's a solar panel, a rechargeable battery, and then I'll inflate it for you. <laughs> so I can pick it up where so she's she's using a valve to inflate it. And then there's a switch, and we have there's a couple of settings, and for seven hours of charging in the sun, um, you get six to eight hours of that extra bright light, and then there's a couple settings, including a 32-hour flashing setting, and it's waterproof and it floats, and it inflates to diffuse the light like a lantern. Um, so that's kind of the general idea. And when we were, Anna mentioned our school, but when we were in school, we were students just after the Haiti earthquake, we were thinking that uh, we were, you know, watching the news and seeing all the reports of people that were stuck in these tent cities, feeling very unsafe, again, without, uh, you know, any electricity or lighting. And also that many of them would have to rely on kerosene lanterns and candles, which are toxic and hazardous. So solar seemed to make sense as kind of a cleaner source of, of energy and solar LED. And then the idea to make it pack flat was just to have something that's super lightweight that could be distributed in the large volumes that, that are required after something like a disaster like that or even some of the ones we've recently seen. And so it weighs just under three ounces. And you can ship boxes of them. Um, they actually are fairly durable because they don't really have any any breakable or moving parts. So just to have something that was designed to easily cast around after disaster, have the design for it. Now you were introduced to me by uh, Alan Monroe over at uh, Shelterbox. He runs uh, Shelterbox. I understand they're your largest customer. At least they were at one point. They are. We've been really fortunate to work with Shelterbox for, uh, I think, around a, around two years now or so. Um, Andrea met them, I think, like at an aid fair with like a prototype when we were first <laughs> starting out. And we've kind of built that relationship little by little. And I think they are an incredible organization because they're really on the cutting edge of looking at different types of products that are out there that are being designed for disaster relief aid. And 
Solar lighting is something that's kind of new that not a lot of organizations are including in what they're distributing. So they've really kind of pushed that to start to include solar lights in the boxes that they distribute. And they've been an incredible customer. We feel very lucky to be working with them just because they, they look at everything that's out there and they really pick, hopefully, <laughs> the best products. And we, so we're very grateful. Their solar lights are relatively new, but there are a lot of solar lights out there. Why do you think they picked yours? We, yeah, the shelter box for those that um, aren't familiar, they, they distribute a box of supplies, um, and it's kind of a its own unit, and that box is pretty highly calibrated in terms of weight and I think things that go inside. So there's a tent, there's cookware, um, depending on the needs of the, the disaster or emergency that they're responding to. And that's where I think, you know, one or two luminates in the box goes a long way for them because it's so lightweight. And the other thing about our products are they're they're pretty they're fairly high performing for the price point. So for those seven hours of charging, the longer run times up to say even like sixteen hours of light is that ratio is is very, is very very differentiating. Like compared to other products, we do really pay close attention to like the type of battery that we're using that can be stored for a long period of time. Like the high performing solar panel, it's like monocrystalline, it has a really high efficiency. And we've like gradually improved our product based on feedback over the last like three years. So we really, we really do think that we have a very good product for disaster relief. Yeah, for the price point, like in its category. So I think a couple of those metrics have mattered, mattered to some of these larger customers that we're talking about because they take they put things, they put these, you know, their supplies out on the ground in such large numbers that I think they take the product's liability very seriously. So they want the highest stuff in many cases. So how did you initially come up with this idea? You keep mentioning Haiti. Was Haiti connected to the idea? It was. So in when we were graduate students um, in architecture, it was the second year of our graduate school. Our semester started two weeks after the Haiti earthquake. We were looking at what was being sent down there. There wasn't a lighting product at all. And so we decided to focus our semester, that whole semester, on what was kind of our design studio in architecture school. And so that's really the inspiration for the design, was looking at the conditions in Haiti. And it was really unsafe. I think Andrea mentioned it was really unsafe at night for women and children, especially after uh, the Haiti earthquake. So that was something that a lighting product really could add a little bit of comfort for those victims. Well, let's. I want to ask you each three quick questions. If you can answer these questions briefly, but the the first question is uh, who you look up to as a role model. Clearly, you are becoming role models to a lot of people. You, you've been very successful, but you yourselves must have role models. Who do you look up to? In terms of who I admire. Uh... I mean, Bill Gates is someone I really admire just to see so much conventional success. But it turns out that's not what he's even going to be remembered for in the end. It's going to be all the stuff he did after that. I think that's just like a remarkable legacy for a person to eventually leave behind. I think I admire people that have built innovative design companies that have had a really big social impact. Like like Warby Parker, I think, is doing an incredible job. I think Tom Shoes is doing a great job kind of mixing like appealing to customer bases in the U.S., and then also mixing that with the broader mission, I think is really, uh, really inspiring. You guys could have done anything. Uh, 
you're you're brilliant, capable, ambitious. I mean, we've seen that in a variety of ways. The way you performed on Shark Tank is extraordinary. Uh, you, you could have probably done just about anything. Why why did you choose to do a product that had such a clear social benefit uh, as opposed to something that might have made you more money? Yeah, so when we first made, I mean, even just our first prototype and then put that in the context of the situation in Haiti, I think it was just like asking a series of simple questions like, have we ever seen something like this before? No. Do we think it would be useful in a place like that? Yes. Okay, so how do we work backwards to make that happen? And that's kind of just what we've been doing for, for you know, the last three years is chasing the answer to that question a little bit. So that's, I mean, I think that really is a framework that is, you know, that defines kind of what we've been trying to do. Yeah, and I think right at this point, like kind of what is keeping us going is I think we both feel kind of a sense of responsibility to really make the most of this technology, like this idea. And we've had so much incredible support for it over the past couple of years that like we feel responsible to those people too. We really, and to the people that we're distributing light to, like it's just kind of a mix of responsibility that we really want to, we want to want to make the most of. And now to Mark Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> now, you have really demonstrated uh, an ability to have impact at scale already. Uh, as uh, as young as you are, uh, you've proven that capability. Everyone who's watching. Uh, has one thing in common. I call it the greatest common factor, but they come from all different walks of life, different motivations, uh, different interests, but one thing in common, that is a desire to do more good. What would you tell people who are watching today about how they can do more good? I th well, I think that everybody can kind of start with what, what they're doing already and ask, you know, where in the world is there a need for that? It doesn't always have to be the things that we think about. I mean, we work with a lot of, for example, aid workers who are on the ground right now in places like Nepal doing incredibly difficult work. Um, we would not be good at that work. <laughs> you know, we are much better, like, with our roles as designers and inventors or engineers focusing on our technology and making that work for those people. So, I mean, I think just knowing your strength and, and thinking about how that can plug into a larger ecosystem to have impact. And I mean, there's no shortage of problems in the world. So I think that's really my best advice to people thinking about how they can have more social impact. Yeah, I think just by tuning in, like I think that's already doing good. And so I think that's really wonderful. I think there are so many different ways to do good. So I think just kind of helping to spread the word, um, supporting you know, companies and missions and organizations that are doing it. Like that's what we rely on is like kind of people's support. So just that kind of supporting is, is, I mean, I think that that's very good. <laughs> Terrific. Now I, I want to ask you before you go uh, to tell us how people can get a hold of one of these devices or how they could help you give one away perhaps. Yeah. And actually now we've started coming up with new shapes and different <laughs> sizes of the product. And our website's www.luminaid.com. And there's other information on our website, too, about, you know, the projects that we've been doing and um, our latest charitable projects that we've been working with. To Nepal, right now, we have a big project to Nepal earthquake relief. So we've 
been getting a lot of donated lights um, from customers and supporters over to Nepal. So we're really excited to get those out there and to the people that need them. So is that all happening from Luminate.com, the Nepal effort? Yes, and there's a contact form there as well if anyone wants to, to reach us. Great. Well, I sure thank you for the time you've taken to be with us today. It's great to see your success, and we wish you continued success in your efforts to light up the world. Thank you very much. Thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for listening. This podcast was recorded via Google Hangouts on Air and is available at youtube.com forward slash Devonthorpe. Subscribe to this podcast on Stitcher or iTunes by searching for Your Mark on the World. Every weekday, Devon hosts a CEO, celebrity, entrepreneur, or other changemaker here on the Your Mark on the World show to inspire and prepare you to make your mark. Devin is a champion of social good, writing about, advocating for, and advising people who are doing good. He is a Forbes contributor who is a recognized thought leader in social entrepreneurship, impact investing, and crowdfunding. To book Devin as a speaker, visit devinthorpe.com. Learn more about Devin's work at yourmarkontheworld.com.